behave only tossing turning mind racing trouble getting to sleep trouble staying asleep welcome to sleep with me the podcast that puts you to sleep we do is a bedtime story all you need to do is get in bed and turn out the lights and press play i'm gonna do my best uh, to do the rest uh you need to do uh, or all you could choose to do is you know any of these is get in bed turn out the lights and press play wait did i say that then i'm gonna do i tried to get witty in there well first i got mixed up i tried to cover up it's a bedtime story i'm get caught in my own circular logic here like holy cow Sleep with me. Bedtime story. Put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. I'm seriously caught in a uh, like like a a thought whirlpool, which is one of the things. So what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Uh, as I extricate myself from this, uh, which will be a future metaphor. And the safe place is one. I hope you feel welcome and and, and like it, it feels like. Uh, it feels like you've been invited, but you don't need an invitation. I don't know, like, uh, if you know what that feels like. Sometimes, you know, I, I imagine what it's like. Uh, and I've experienced it recently from a lot of other podcasters. They say, hey, come on over, have a seat. Let's uh, chit-chat. Uh, this is a safe place. That's kind of what it means. It's like, uh, it's kind of like a... Like a like a like a skepticism bomb, where you say, "Well, I don't know if this like is this uh, like because I'm I find myself highly skeptical in most situations, uh, you know, like uh, when I'm looking at skeptics, like this is what I say, this is a joke, but or this is the making. We say a skeptics convention, eh? Hmm, not really sure about that one. What do they do at a skeptics convention? Yeah, and that's, you know, that's like, I'd be skeptical about that. Uh, but if they said, come, you know, come if you like, a skeptics convention, come if you like, uh, I'd say, huh, well, that sounds like a low pressure. And then maybe later they said, you know, see if you like, come by, come in. Like, and then later they rephrased it, like, see, you know, it, just check it out, no pressure. See if, see if you, you know, see if you like our brand of skepticism. I think if they shortened it, uh, have I done, I think, I feel like I've done a whole episode, or maybe it was a, t- no, I guess it was a TV show. I'm seeing a scene in my mind at a, that takes place at a skeptic, uh, skeptics convention. I can see it very, like, well, I can see it very clearly. As clearly as I'm going to see it. Anyway, let me get to the new listeners, then we'll come back to this, uh, Nonsense. So I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, and you know related sleep issues like relate like that. I've been there and I care, and I want to help you fall asleep. Uh, like uh, so, it's a lot of nonsense uh, to help you fall asleep. And if you're new, I guess what I was trying to say is if you're skeptical, I mean, clearly you've, you've been listening for a few minutes. So you say, well, what is this dude to talking about? Uh, this champ, uh, you could maybe are using other words. They say, well, I'm just kind of talking friendly banter uh, to keep you company, uh, to take your mind off of the reason I use this friendly banter, you know, that I like uh, spend hours crafting it. Uh, it like, is that uh you say, well, geez, well, let, let me think about that skeptics convention. I can see a scene like that too in my, and I say, okay, well, let me get, let me see. Yeah. And it takes your mind off of, uh, whatever's keeping you awake, uh, whether it's, you know, something physical, you know, feelings, wh- whatever it is, changes, uh, routines. I'm here uh, to help with that. But, uh, what was I going to say? I get mixed up too. Uh, but like, I'm not so interesting or, you know, I don't really have anything. You see, well, I got the like Lego jo- joke kit, uh, for Christmas, but it was like, uh, from, uh, you know, an eBay seller. So it just came with a bag of Legos. They said, construct your own jokes and, you know, impress your friends with humor. I used to buy as a kid, like magic kits, uh, at like garage sales and, uh, in flea markets, and those never came with either all the parts or all the magic. Uh, so I would never, I, I never became a master of illusion. 
or of like what the flourish is supposed to hide. I only learned the flourishing and, and like uh, setting up a magic show, doing the magic pitch, come one, come all, to little Andy's magic show. We're starting, you know, go ahead, get comfortable. And then I would do the setups and stuff uh, and the flourishes. But I was, you know, I was the magician without any illusions. Uh, again, that would probably be a subtitle for a future book. I'm not sure which one. How about that one? Maybe I could do some ghostwriting for like Copperfield or Magic Without Illusion. Uh, that does sound like somebody's autobiography, right? Uh, uh, maybe someone that became a philosopher after, like our Zen, you know, are, are Zen masters really a thing or is that just something people sell? Like, uh, you know, how uh, blankety blank. What about Chris Angel? Anybody know what Chris Angel's up to? Could we get Chris Angel? How did I end up talking about Chris Angel? But, uh, if we could get Chris Angel into some sort of, uh, a guru like thing, I mean, we could say, you know, it doesn't have, you don't have to be a Zen master. That would just help with, uh, the book that I'm working on. It may not sell any copies. And I'm sure you get paid millions of dollars to do your tricks, uh, whatever illusions from the back of a motorcycle. Uh, but this is just an idea, whatever it was, the ma magician without illusion. Uh, anyway, let me get back to this. So if you're listening, you don't really need to listen to this podcast. If you're new, that's the first thing that you probably figured out on your own. You can listen. I'm here. It's somewhere between inane chatter, uh, ambient noise and a, a friend that you kind of like chuckle at. You don't laugh at them or with them. You chuckle. You say, okay, what are you, ta you talking about? Chris, are you going off about Chris Angel again? Well, no, no, this is a real thing. I say, well, come on, let's, uh, let's get your third act going, Chris. Uh, uh, like, uh, you know, or your fourth, whatever one you're on. You know, we could, I think like, no offense, Chris, I think David Blaine might be too big for this. Uh, but you, you know, like, like he's like, he, you're my first call. So I guess I'd have to pitch that another way. I did, you know, I like my pitch kit didn't come with, uh, instructions, Chris. Sorry about that. I, I was supposed to say, you know, I prefer you over David Blaine, but that's who my second call is. But I thought you'd be, you know, better suited for, for, uh, these big plans. Uh, how do you feel about living on a mountain top in a mountaintop retreat for about 10 years, Chris? Uh, no, no, very Spartan. No, 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 not like a Spartan race. Like very, like you'd be sleeping on a cot. Uh, no, there won't be any motorcycles at this mountaintop retreat. Uh, it'll be gruel, uh, and uh, you like it. And yeah, like a exploration of the heart and the mind and the body and all of those things. Uh, okay, Chris Angel hung up on me, and the call was all being conducted. Uh, from within my neurons, and I still get a disconnect. Uh, anyway, if you're new, you don't even need to listen to me. I'm here to help you fall asleep, to take your mind off of stuff, to keep you company. But there's also no pressure to fall asleep. I'm mean, here as your boar friend, your boar bay, your companion in the deep dark night, uh, to be at your side, uh, to keep you company while you drift off at your leisure. Tonight, we'll be talking about Doctor Who. Uh, series one, season one, whatever you call it, uh, uh, episode one, uh, where we meet Rose, uh, and we'll be covering that in a recap that'll have, uh, like it, you say, if you're a big Doctor Who fan, you could sleep right through it. Cause you say, did Scoots watch that episode? And, and if you're not a Doctor Who fan, you say, what it like, uh, Andrew McCartney was in, uh, uh, like, uh, the first uh, doctor who scoots, uh, so like that's a little teaser for what we'll be talking about, uh, in mannequins. Uh, but, uh, what was I saying? So you don't really need to listen to me. You're under no pressure to fall asleep. I'll be here for about an hour. Uh, so just you drift off. Hopefully I'll be at your side as you float into the arms of Morpheus or Chris, you know, how about this? Chris Angel, what about changing? I know Chris Angel's your brand. Uh, but if you ever get tired of being Chris Angel the brand, and you you know, if you're looking for someone to relate with Chris Angel the person, well, first off, do you have another name? Like, because that would be good. We relate, like, if your name's like, uh, you know, Sammy, 
uh, something. I you know we could just keep it with Chris Angel the brand. What if you become Morpheus? Uh, and we get you know we get another gig at another resort, and also we work on this guru plan. Uh, you know, otherwise I'll be doing my relating with David Blaine or any of these other magicians that are on my list. Uh, also, I pestered Phoebe Judge for uh, some magic tricks, uh, and uh, uh, like, uh, like, uh, so, like, you know, who knows, uh, Chris uh, or whoever, you know, Morpheus. But anyway, if you're new, those are the two things. You don't need to listen. You're under no pressure to fall asleep. I'll be here for about an hour. Usually I talk about the structure of the show, but that's to tell you that the intro is going to be about 12 minutes of me rambling and trying to create a metaphor for the podcast. But I think I did that. Uh, I think I almost had two other metaphors, like mental whirlpool and something else. But then when once Chris Angel's people call... They say, please hold for Chris Angel. And I say, right away, you know, right, the brand or the per, the human being? Because uh, really I'm interested in just connecting with the human being, Chris Angel. Uh, the pure potentiality, the pure universal potentiality, actually, if you can get that, but you can't talk to that on the phone. Actually, was Chris listening to that? Because that's probably the best, uh, like, that's the best sales pitch I could have done anyway. Uh, but here's the thing. This podcast is different. It's a little bit goofy, a little bit silly. Not for everybody. Most people that listen, uh, that become regular listeners, they say it took two or three or 11 tries for me to get the idea uh, that there's, you know, that there's kind of like to, to get it by not, you get this podcast by not getting it. You know, this is kind of shoulder, 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 can't even pronounce a shoulder shrugging pot. You say, hmm. What's that Sleep With Me podcast about? And then you just chuckle and you shrug your shoulders. Uh, and they say, wow, you look great. Uh, you look, Chris, you look you look like uh, the son of Chris Angel. You look so good. I don't know who, who's talking about your third act. You look like you just kicked your first act off. Hold, hold on. Was Chris listening into that? Uh, Chris, was Chris Angel, did Chris Angel hear that? Uh, I was just doing a little pandering. Okay, no. Uh, okay, uh, you can't get to. I can't sit. My brain. Once again, my brain started buffering right when I didn't need it to. So, if you're new, uh, welcome. This is kind of a demonstration of what this podcast is. After this, uh, we'll talk about Doctor Who in a roundabout way about that episode and uh, really point out point out some of the pleasurable things uh, that were in that. Uh, and the likability and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe we'll cover some words and, and things like that. Uh, but what can I say? But I'm glad you're here. And I really work hard, and I really hope I can help you fall asleep. So thanks for coming by. All right, so we're talking about season one, or se- I don't know if, I think they sometimes call it series one, uh, episode one, at least in, uh, Doctor Who. And the episode is titled Rose. And I know this is, uh, you can get this for, as part of your Amazon Prime. I don't, it's a BBC production, so I don't know in the UK. And I'm not sure if it's available on um, Netflix. Uh, but it is a pretty accessible series. Uh, I'm sure your local library has copies as well. Uh, so uh, that's like, uh, and let me just say this up front. Uh, holy cow, is this delightful. Um I just have been watching uh, the second episode repeatedly for like uh, after watching this first episode, and whoa boy, uh, this is definitely different than Star Trek: The Next Generation, but it has a lot of things I love, which is great acting, uh, great interactions, particularly between the Doctor and Rose uh, right now, and even though the Doctor's not exactly human, like okay, front loading, I barely know anything about Doctor Who, so. It, but a lot of humanity, uh, so really great. So it starts out, uh, Rose, it starts out with, uh, let's go through my notes first. The moon, Earth, uh, there's a zoom to England. Oh, you know what? Let me start the episode playing, too. And I'm back to my original setup, which is, uh, an old iPad, uh, and, uh, I got my note- notebook, uh, an old iPad with the transcripts, and... Uh, then uh, an old uh, 
a small Kindle uh, thing uh, running the episode. And we're rolling now. Uh, so it goes straight into the open uh, with the Doctor Who theme, which, I mean, how, who can't get... Uh, hello, can, can anybody can recommend a cover, a good cover of uh, the Doctor Who theme? I wonder if uh, Fish has ever covered that uh, or Umphreys or somebody like that. And it stars Christopher Eccleston is a, how I want to pronounce it, but it could be wrong. And Billy Piper as Rose. Um, uh, let's see. At 7.30 a.m., we see a stuffed animal and Rose is off to work. Uh, uh, like I'm going to go through the dialogue next. Very good music but in the background. A little bit... Uh, Good, but a little bit distracting. I don't think, I think it was just the first episode. We see, like, Rose's trip to work, uh, London Department Store. Uh, Hendrix is the name of it. Uh, uh, we see Rose has lunch with her boyfriend, and they laugh. He does a little break dancing. Uh, we see some stop motion of the day in London and at the store. And then we get to the first uh, scene where the store closes, Rose is closing down the um, store. So let's see if any dialogue. I think she says a later mom. Uh, her mom's name is Jackie. Uh, and oh, yeah, I was wondering what square this was. Trafalgar Square. Traf of Trafalgar, probably what I'd say. Trafalgar Square. That might not even be correct either. And pretty sure the only thing I know about Trafalgar Square, he's probably been there once. I've been to London only once. Uh, lovely city, by the way. And uh, is that, uh, I think that may have been a character in uh, Ancient Art War at Sea, which was a game, a video game I played as a youth. Uh, maybe not. Uh, but she, so Rose works in this nice high-end department store like Harrods or uh, the other famous ones in London are. And she's about to leave work, and then the security guard's like, oh, you got to draft the lottery money off downstairs to Wilson, which is another random fish uh, uh, reference there. So Rose goes down to the, like, storage areas. She, she's trying to find Wilson. And she's like, Wilson, i got to get out here. They're closing down. I need you to take the lottery money. Then she starts kind of hearing weird noises. It's like, oh, like, a closed storage, mannequin storage, uh... Yeah, this came out in 2005, uh, uh, but Rose is still looking. She kind of hears a couple other things. She looks at some of the, they call them, I think in, uh, they may call them shop dummies in, uh, in London. Uh, but she kind of looks, she goes in the room where all the shop dummies or the, um, mannequins are stored. Uh, then the door closes behind her. And I guess because this was 2005, this was back when um, Flash MOBs were a thing. And uh, she gets in there, she says, is someone mucking about? Uh, and then uh, these uh, uh, apparently stu students or something are trying to reenact uh, the movie, like a new version of the movie Mannequin, which was Andrew McCartney. Uh, I don't know if it was an Andrew McCartney vehicle. I don't even know. Uh, like Andrew McCartney was in it, um, and, uh, Kim Cattrall, Kim, Kim Cattrall, Cattrall, uh, uh, which, uh, um, like she's from Sex in the City. It had a hit song, uh, from, uh, uh, what a Starship, uh, yeah, which I, I like, no offense, uh, I do like, uh, Jefferson Airplane, but, uh. It wasn't like I think I heard that song too many times. I don't know. Let me see when did it, it came out in 1986. It looks like, uh, and it like I don't apparently the kids in London love this movie because uh, I didn't remember it too much. I'd almost forgotten about it. Uh, but these kids in London are trying to do like a street theater performance, so they're all dressed as mannequins. But Rose doesn't really know that, so she says, "What in the heck, uh, yo?" Like, uh, what's with all these mannequins and? If they can't communicate through their costumes, so they're trying to get Rose to join their dance, like the dance routine. And so she, she feels like, what the heck? Like, uh, kind of like the thrill, the thriller video. In some sense, she says, "Well, let me get out of here. I don't know. I don't understand what's going on." Uh, but then Rose is having trouble getting out of there, and then a hand grabs her and says. Uh, uh, run, let's go, let's run for it. Uh, 
Let's see, where are we in my notes here? Lunch with her boyfriend, they're laughing. Music stops, Wilson. Uh, Wilson's like, I didn't know his CEO office is like in the basement. I put WTF for that. Uh, uh, there's a whistle, dark lights, great sound effects, I thought. Uh, then the hall, the mannequin kids. Uh, I like to do some mucking about who is it. Uh, Rose was very calm at first because she even said, like, I don't want to be in your dance crew. And she says, very funny, I got the joke. And she says, Derek, is that you? Lots of rubber, oh, there's a good rubber squitch, squatch sounds. Uh, then the doctor takes her hand, they run. It's kind of like theme park level escape music. Uh, they get on the elevator. A doctor accidentally takes like one of the arm costume arms off the mannequin. And he hands it to Rose. Uh, and she says, what are those students doing? Uh, uh, why'd you take the arm off of the outfit? And the doctor says, why would they be students? And she goes, I don't know. And he goes, well, you said it. We get the first interactions between doctor and Rose, uh, which are really, yeah, I've already grown to love two episodes in. But she goes, that's what students do. They get dressed up and they're silly. And the doctor goes, well, they're not students. Uh, and she goes, Wilson. And he goes, oh, Wilson's out. Uh, he went to the big farm. And he lasers the elevator with his laser screwdriver. I, I know that I, I know, and I know I don't know the name of the screwdriver, but I'll remember it at some point. Oh, sonic screwdriver. That's what it is. Uh, and mind your eyes, he says as he uses it. Uh, very good. I like when he says that. Uh, uh, oh, beans on toast. That might be something we'll look up either tonight or tomorrow night. Uh, he says, there's a relay on the roof. These aren't mannequins. They're mano, man, manobots, uh, man, mannequin bots. Uh, and uh, this is the future of uh, sales is they're going to wear, there'll be mannequins and sale, they're going to put you out of a job, Rose, and everybody, because it's low overhead. Also, they're not from Earth. They're from uh, another area. And he goes, why don't you get out of here? So Rose scrambles out the store. She actually runs by the TARDIS, the police box. Uh, she's holding her arm. Then the store goes bye-bye. Uh, then she runs into her mom's house or her house. Uh, really good comedy here. Uh, like, she goes in, she, there's a pink pillow. I think she throws the arms on there. Oh, this is like the next day or something. Uh, mom's watching the news. Uh, you know, Colin trying to get advocate for her daughter to get paid out. And, t- you know, all her friends are like, is Rose okay? And Rose is having tea. Mom goes, uh, she's, she's, she's aged. Uh, her skin is like an old Bible. She goes, you think I was her daughter. Then Mickey, Rose's boyfriend, shows up, and he's, like, trying to check in with her. But he's like, let's go to the pub. Uh, she goes, why? He goes, well, to relax you. And she goes, are you sure it's not a game a match? Uh, and so we kind of see that he's not the most perfect boyfriend. Uh, and she goes, just go on without me. I'm just going to rest here. And she goes, by the way, throw this arm out from this mano- mannequin, uh, not from a manabot. Uh, and Mickey does some more comedy. He's real funny. He, like, waves with the arm, uh, says, bye-bye. And then Liz is wa- or Rose is watching the news. Uh, then Mickey throws the arm in a bin in, in a trash can. You know, boots a, a, a trunk. A bin's a garbage can. I got to look up with beans on toast are, but um, then it's the next day, Little Groundhog's Day, 7.30 a.m., Rose gets ready to get up, and Mama goes, well, you don't have a job anymore. I've been replaced by, well, the manabots, we're going to replace you now. There's no more store. And they kind of have breakfast, and Rose, she's like, maybe you could work for the butcher. And Rose is like, uh, you got to be kidding me, Mom. Uh, let's see noise uh 7 29 a.m again oh, yeah. tv noise mom's in the robe uh, uh then there's a noise outside and their cat door swings and uh they gets really good again uh but yeah you gotta like listen uh, to them but you're just worth it for the comedy yeah but the screws have fallen out of the cat door and then the doctor's there uh looking at the cat door from the other side he's like what are you doing here she goes this is where i live uh uh, and he goes, what? Uh, 
And she, she goes, thanks for getting rid of my job. And the doctor's like, well, I'm looking for a signal. Uh, he goes, are you a manobot? Uh, and she goes, no, I'm Rose. Uh, and I think he taps her head. He goes, no, she, he calls her a bonehead because her head, you know, has bone in it. Uh, and he goes to leave. And then Rose goes, no, 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 no. You got to tell me what's going on here. And uh, the mom's like, who's this? She, uh, Rose goes, oh, he's working for the insurance company. And the doctor goes, don't worry, millions. Uh, we're going to, you know, she's going to be load, loaded. And then there's a funny interaction with the doctor and the mom. And uh, just see the comedy. Like, okay, I don't know if the doctor's deadpan, but he's really, really funny. And the doctor takes uh, milk with his tea. And Rose goes, what are we going to do? And then the doctor kind of tells how he knows the future. He looks at like a, a, a Us Weekly or something. He reads a book instantly. So we get this a little bit of ex, uh, like uh, learning about the doctor really quick. Okay, doctor from the future probably can read really fast. Uh, and he says, uh, Rose Tyler. Then he looks himself in the mirror and it's the first time he's looking at himself. He goes, oh, not bad. He goes, I don't know about these ears though. Uh, he shuffles cards really fast, and uh, Rose goes, she's like, uh, come on, let's get our story straight. Uh, and she goes, explain everything. And then he hears a noise, and then the arm's back, uh, and they have a little, uh, the arm ends up being like, it wants to dance just by itself and teach them to dance, and it won't give them a choice not to. And uh, that's like a big action scene and kind of hilarious. Uh, and the Rosens of like thought, thought the doctor was dancing along with it first, but then, so it's kind of like a comic a action, uh, and the, like the doctor gets to sneak in a lot of funny jokes. And uh, Rose goes, "If you don't tell me what's going on, I'm gonna tell everybody." And the doctor's like, "Is that supposed to sound tough?" He goes, uh, "She goes, well, who are you?" He goes, "The doctor." She goes, "Doctor what?" He goes, "Just the doctor." And she goes to the doctor. He goes, "Yeah, hello." And she goes, "Is that supposed to be impressive?" He goes, "Kind of." Uh, and she goes, well, who do you work for? He goes, well, I'm just passing through. This is not where I live. Uh, she goes, well, what's up with this? And she she goes, what's with this? these manobots messing up my you know problems? Uh, he goes, the world doesn't revolve around you. And he goes, you got just, I was trying to deal with it, and we just happened to cross paths. Uh, and she goes, oh, well, you're saying the world revolves around you. And he goes, no. Well, kind of. This is all while they're walking. It's actually one shot for most of it. Uh, like the, whoever's wa somebody's walking backwards or being carted backwards uh, with the camera. And Rose goes, "Well, who do you work with?" He goes, "Nobody." Uh, he goes, uh, "He goes, well, who else would help me?" He goes, "All you humans do is watch TV and eat chips." Uh, he goes, "There's a lot going on." And Rose, it's it says, "Start from the beginning." And he goes, this, like I said, these are manobots. Uh, I'm trying to get rid of the signal. Uh, they're radio controlled. And he goes, Rose says, he goes, no, no, kind of thought controlled. And she goes, well, who's behind all this? Uh, and he goes, you know, WAR, what's it good for? Absolutely something for the people that benefit from them. And she goes, doctor, tell me who you are. Uh, uh, she kind of stops the doctor, like, goes, and then he looks back. He goes, and this is a really powerful scene. He goes, uh, you know how we were talking about the earth revolving? Like, when you were a kid, you can't believe that the earth's turning or moving through space uh, because everything's standing still. But he goes, I can feel it. And it's almost like, not romantic, but really a moment. He takes her hand. He says, the turn of the earth, the ground beneath our feet, spinning at a thousand miles an hour. The planet hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me, clinging to the skin of this tiny little world. And if we let go, and he lets go of her hand, he goes, well, that's who I am. He goes, now forget about it, Rose Tyler, go home. And then he walks off, uh, and the doctor goes into the police, the TARDIS, uh, and Rose turns, then she hears the sounds, uh, and the wind picks up, and then the TARDIS is gone. Uh, and then she walks off again. Let's see if I have anything else. Now forget me, go home. He waves the arm when he says that. 
she watches him walks off. Good breeze, sound effects, looks back, runs. Uh, more sounds, but the TARDIS is gone. Then their music, then her boyfriend, she's at her boyfriend's house. He has a number one shirt on that I liked, like a racing shirt. Uh, she's like, can I have it on your computer? Because yeah, but don't look at anything. And it's like a 2005 computer, CRT. Uh, they use searchwise.net. Uh, she's, I think Rose has a coffee or something. There's something about Dr. Renberg. He's, she starts searching for Dr. Who. Uh, then it comes up this like a flyer. Have you seen this man? And it's a picture of the doctor. And it says, you know, give us an email or whatever. Give us a call. Uh, if you uh, know, like she's searching for plastic, Dr. Who, just get a hold of Clive. Uh, so then Rose and uh, Mickey are in this uh, yellow car, yellow uh, Volkswagen bug, actually. Uh, number 45. Oh, no, that's the dude's son. She's like, don't worry about this dude. He's got a wife and kids. He's not like he's just like a, like a, you know, Internet theorist. Uh, and Mickey's like, well, I keep an eye on it. So then Rose goes to the door and a kid like uh, answers door like if he's got a, he's number 45. She goes, is your dad here? I'm here to talk about Doctor Who. And she, the son goes, Dad, it's one of your nutters here. And Clive goes, oh, geez, wow, uh, Rose, uh, I'm, I'm Clive. And she goes, by the way, my boyfriend is waiting for me. He goes, oh, don't worry. He waves over at him. And then the wife comes. She, she, she's like, who is this? And he goes, oh, it's with the doctor. We're going to go uh, to the shed. And she's like, uh, she, she, a woman looking into the doctor. Yeah, then there's more exposition because the Rose and the doctor, or the Rose and Clive, like, uh, he goes over, uh, he goes, she says, this is really sensitive. I couldn't email it. Uh, he's got this blue binder. And he goes, keep him, uh, your mind open. This doctor's all over. He shows pictures of doctors throughout history, this doctor throughout history, always the doctor. And then he even says the title is uh, seems to be passed from father to son. So it's not just a, it's a title and a job. Uh, and he goes, isn't this your doctor? She goes, yeah. Uh, let's see. He's at J- he's hanging with JFK, 1912 at the Titanic. Uh, he's in uh, 1883 uh, at, uh, like in a sketch at Krakatoa in Sumatra. And he goes, I don't think, I think this doctor's like, uh, like some sort of meta, like a true, real metaphor or something. Uh, and you know, not the kind of metaphor you want it, like a black cat crossing your path. If you know what I'm saying, uh, then we start switching back between Mickey and Rose and Clive. And we see that there's a trash bin moving towards Mickey or moving around. Mickey investigates it. And then, you know, switches back. Clive says, Rose, you probably avoid the doctor. You know, then Mickey, uh, it's one of those robotic talking trash cans from the um, uh, theme parks. Uh, and it says, Mickey, hop in, we'll go for a ride. So Mickey gets in and goes for a ride with the trash can. And Clive goes, well, why would the doctor make house calls? It's just strange, uh, Rose. Uh, so then Mickey drives off with the trash can, apparently. Uh, and Rose says, Jesus, like, who do you think this doctor is anyway? He goes, I think he's mortal or an alien from another world. And then we have Rose get back in the bug with Mickey, but Mickey looks a little paler and Rose goes, all right, he was a nutter, uh, out of his mind, a complete conspiracy, uh, online conspiracy dude. And Rose doesn't notice Mickey's kind of seems a little like, a, um, he is a manobot, uh, and Rose goes, how about pizza? And Mickey goes, pizza. And then she goes, or Chinese. He goes, pizza. And then they, Mickey has trouble driving. Uh, then they're at a restaurant talking about Rose getting jobs again. Uh, you know, Rose kind of seems stuck. So it's even a little Rose exposition of like, uh, well, what am I going to do with my life? Uh, and then she even talks about dropping off of school, out of school for Jimmy Stone. And then Mickey's like, where's the doctor? And Rose goes, I was talking. And he goes, uh, when did this doctor start? Uh, uh, like the shop, right? And uh, Rose goes, uh, and the Mickey starts qu- uh, quizzing her. Robo Mickey. 
And then someone keeps trying to give them uh, champagne. And then the third try, we realize, oh, it's the doctor. And then the doctor opens the champagne. Mickey catches the champagne uh, cork uh, and does a magic trick with it. Uh, and then Mickey's revealed as the Manobot. Uh, and uh, just starts to chase down Rose and the doctor to teach them dance moves for the you know, Manobot flash mob. Uh, and uh, they try to run. And... Uh, a doctor tries to, like, uh, she sees the sonic screwdriver, which we learned the term. Oh, sonic screwdriver, that's what this is, Rose. Uh, and uh, he tries to get Rose to go in the TARDIS, a police box. But Rose is like, I'm not going to wait in a wooden box. Mickey's coming as a mannequin. And she tries to go somewhere else, and then she just runs in because there's no other option. As soon as she runs in, she runs back out. Uh, but then she has to run back in again. And she goes, the, the Mickey's going to follow us in here. And doctor says, the assembled hordes of Genghis Khan couldn't get through here. And believe me, they tried. Uh, also, the doctor has taken, uh, uh, like, uh, let's see, like, uh, like uh, oh, a bust of Mickey. Mickey also had a bust of Mickey. And he's like, I think that was like a, like a pen, you know, one of those things you put pennies in. And uh, so he's hooking that up to the TARDIS. And he says, this is going to show us right where we need to go. Uh, what does this mean? Doctor uh, uh, takes his hat but does not stop. Uh, a good running action music uh, in the lot with the box. Rose does the WTF when she goes out of the TARDIS. Uh, but he says, yeah, this will show us. I'll trace this back. And she goes, the inside's bigger than the outside. And the doctor goes, yeah. And Rose goes, this is an alien, right? And he goes, yeah. And she goes, are you an alien? He goes, yep, is that okay? And Rose goes, yeah, I guess so. Uh, then he explains, this is TARDIS, uh, uh, T-A-R-D-I-S, time and relative dimension in space. Uh, and Rose kind of like, it was like it, it, he goes, it's okay, it's culture shock. Uh, she goes, what about Mickey? Doctor's like, who's Mickey? She's like, my boyfriend, uh, or the one you have the bust of that went plastic. And then Mickey's bust stops working. All the pennies spill out. Doctor's like, oh, boy, no, 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 no. We're not going to get there. Uh, he goes out of TARDIS. Rose is like, what are you doing? Then they're on the banks of the Thames, uh, London Eyes in the background. And the doctor's like, geez, I almost found it. Uh, I had the signal. Meanwhile, Rose is like, how do we get here? Does this fly? He goes, well, it disappears or reappears. So you're too, too above your pay, level, pay grade. Uh, and then she goes, where's Mickey? He goes, uh, like, he turned into pennies uh, from heaven. And she goes, well, I have to talk to his mom about it. Uh, and the doctor's like, what do you mean? And she goes, Mickey, he's a human. He was a human, and then he was a manobot. Uh, and they kind of have, like, a roses. The doctor seems insensitive, I guess I would say. And, uh, she goes, I can't believe you forgot about Mickey. He goes, yeah, some kid named Mickey. What? Uh, she goes, he's not a kid. He's like, uh, and the doctor's like, I'm not here to help everybody. I'm just here to help here to, uh, so they go back and forth. Rose has had enough. Uh, and she goes, well, how come if you're an alien, you sound like you're from the North? Uh, and the doctor crushes. He goes, lots of planets have a North. And then Rose goes, what the heck is this blue box, a public call box? He goes, oh, telephone box from the 1950s. It's a disguise. So you get a little, like, a nod, you know, wink and a nod. Uh, and Rose does that. Uh, and then Rose goes, okay, back to the story, actually. She goes, what's up with the plastic manobots? Uh, what, what are they, what's the deal? And the doctor says, well, they want to take over your, you know, they want to run your planet. Uh, plenty of good stuff here. Uh, the, it's a nesting consciousness, uh, and, uh, lost all its food stock during the, uh, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Uh, so it came to, uh, earth, uh, and Rose goes, well, can we stop it? He goes, oh yeah, I got a tube of anti-plastic right here. Rose goes, anti-plastic? He goes, yeah, anti-plastic. He goes, but we got to find it. Uh, he goes, this is a small city. Where the heck is it? Uh. And she goes, what? He goes, well, it should be a giant transmitter uh, to boost the signal. Rose goes, look, what does it look like? Dad goes, like a transmitter, round and massive, uh, right in the middle of London. 
And Rose goes like a big dish. Uh, she's like trying to get him to look at the London Eye. And he doesn't get it. She, he goes like a wheel, like close to where we are. Probably invisible. Rose is like, uh, yeah. And then she looks at the eye. The doctor looks at the eye. He turns back. He goes, what? Uh, Rose looks at the eye again. He looks at it again. He says, what do, you, what do you want? What do you want? Rose just stares at the eye. The doctor looks to get, looks looks back, looks again. Oh, okay. Like so, on a fourth look, I think. And he has a really funny look. Uh, really good. Uh, oh, and then they start running. Uh, uh, they go by the N fifty nine bus, which I thought was cool. Uh, then there's like it must be somewhere underneath the, in the underground. Uh, then they go. And they're under the underground, and they say, okay, well, this is where the nesting consciousness is. they got to give it a chance. Uh, and then they find Mickey, the real Mickey, who says, Jesus, there's this talking liquid down there. Uh, so then the doctor tries to talk to the nesting consciousness. Uh, he goes, yeah, I'm here to talk to you about from uh, uh, Convention 15 from the Shadow Proclamation. And Rose, you know, hangs with Mickey. And, uh, yeah, the doctor goes, geez, that was a possibility. Rose goes, how come you didn't say anything? He goes, can you keep the domestics out of it? Uh, and he goes, yeah, what are you doing here? Uh, he tells the consciousness to sh- that it's shunted in and it should shunt off. Uh, and the plastic doesn't like, uh, like that. And he goes, uh, you're not supposed to be here, plain and simple. Uh, I don't want to hear about constitutional rights, uh. And the, di- the plastic starts to talk back to the doctor. I'm talking. Plan is just starting out. Uh, uh, leave it alone. Uh, then two mannequins get a, get, a, get a dance going with the doctor and take his anti-plastic. And the doctor goes, that was insurance. Uh, uh, then they have the TARDIS. So it looks like uh, he's like, no, that's my ship. Uh, then we see more deeper... Uh, they kind of almost like a long-term world-building story. He goes, yeah, it's my ship. Uh, he goes, yeah, I was there. At the, what is it good for? But it wasn't my fault. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't save everything. Uh, and the doctor goes, uh, he goes, it's, he goes, this is good, 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 not good. It's going to, um, uh, with this technology, it's probably a problem. Rose calls her mom and checks in and says, hey, mom, keep an eye on, you know, keep on the lowdown. And mom's like, I'm going to be doing some late night shopping at Queen's Arcade where Clive and his family just happen to be shopping. And then the consciousness through the one and I sends it out. All the mannequins uh, or the shop dummies start uh, their uh, uh, flash MOB dancing. Uh, but it gets in everybody's way and it makes a big mess. Uh, so even Clive was like, what the heck? Uh, and it kind of creates chaos. Uh, then Rose, uh, the doctor's like, hey, Rose, hit, you and Mickey hit the road. Uh, I got, I'll take care of this. Uh, and uh, like then they try to get into the TARDIS, Rose and Mickey, but it's locked up. Mickey's like really worried. Rose is a little bit uh, more together. Let's see. Yeah, so this, we see Rose's mom. There's a lot of like dan- dancing and people saying, you can't dance in the streets. Uh, and they say, you know, down home Chicago, down to New Orleans, we are everywhere, everywhere around the world. We're dancing as mannequins in the streets. And then Rose is like, you know what? I'm a heroine, yo. And uh, oh, then oh, her mom's dancing with wedding dummies dressed as brides. Uh, Mickey's like, Rose, don't be a heroine. And uh, let's see. Oh, I forgot to mention the brides have bangs. Uh, and uh, the doctor kind of does look at Rose for help. Uh, Mickey says, leave it alone. Then Rose goes into uh, action. She goes, I got the bronze at uh, uh, junior high did gymnastics. Uh, and she swings on this chain. And over the the, the, the nesting consciousness uh, takes out the... Um, the dancers that were flanking uh, the doctor, the antiplastic goes into the uh, nesting consciousness, uh, deplastifies it, and that shuts down the signal, shuts down all the dancing. Flash mob comes to a close, and they all jump in the TARDIS with Mickey, and they go out. Uh, 
And we kind of see the chaos ends, all the dancing ends. They get out of TARDIS, and Mickey like kind of runs off from the TARDIS and curls up in a ball. Rose calls her, gets out, calls her mom. Mom says, hey, Rose, uh, everything's weird, but uh, just stay home. I'll be home in a minute. Uh, and Rose laughs and hangs up. Uh, and she says, Mickey, uh, wh- wh- why, why didn't you help at all? Mickey kind of goes and like, goes like a puppy. And, uh, the doctor goes, man, that nesting consciousness, uh, we did it like easy, like Sunday morning. He clicks his fingers, uh, and Rose goes, yeah, for me, it was easy for me. She goes, I was, I'm the heroine. And he goes, uh, you're, you're right. Uh, thank you very much. She goes, uh, well, I'm off, uh, unless you want to come. And let's see, mom with ro- robot Quinn's, uh. And, oh, yeah, Rose is like, uh, geez, I, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, uh, but she does seem like she's like, well, thank you. Uh, uh, he goes, this isn't just a, a hop around London. It goes anywhere in the universe. And Mickey goes, don't do it, Rose. Uh, he's not a human. And the doctor goes, by the way, Mickey's not invited. Uh, he goes, you can hang out here and eat and have a job and stuff, or you could go anywhere. And Rose goes, does it have, is it, is, are the journeys filled with uncertainty? And the doctor goes, oh, yeah. And Mickey tries to hold Rose back. Uh, and Rose says, well, geez, I got to help my mom and this lump. Uh, and she kind of pats Mickey on the back. And the doctor goes, okay. And Rose kind of looks after the doctor. And he looks after her. I mean, like, like almost like a forlorn look, like uh Maybe these ships shouldn't pass in the night, but they're about to pass one another. And he gets on the TARDIS, uh, revs it up, and it disappears. And we have the sound effects and the wind and everything. And then Rose goes, all right, Mickey, let's get out of here. She's kind of staring after the TARDIS, uh, and then Mickey's kind of shocked. Uh, and Rose goes, okay, let's go. But then the TARDIS, you hear it coming back, uh, the sound effects coming back, the scraping kind of sounds. Uh, and this is just a high point. Doctor goes, by the way, did I mention we also time travel? And Rose goes, uh, what? Uh, and uh, she just, she, he smiles. Uh, Rose says, thanks, Mickey. And he goes, for what? And she goes, yeah, r- yeah, exactly. And then she kisses him and she jumps into the TARDIS with this big smile on her face. And I put, it is on, because uh, it's just like a really high end. Uh, and the episode closed. Okay, but according to Cambridge Dictionary, let's look some stuff up. Uh, a shunt uh, is a verb, uh, according to Oxford or Cambridge Dictionary, uh, to move someone or something to the side or away. Uh, you can't just shunt your problems aside. Um, according to Wikipedia, there is a Queen's Arcade in London, so it is a real thing. Oh, wait, this one says it's in uh, Cardiff, though. I definitely searched for Queen's Arcade London, but that makes sense because I think they filmed it. Uh, uh, yeah, in uh, uh, so there's a Queen's Arcade in um, in uh, Cardiff where they uh, where uh, Doctor Who's produced uh, near the Cardiff Central Market. So shout out to Cardiff. Uh, it's uh, celebrated twenty 20th anniversary in 19, 20, 2014. So when they're filming it, it was on its 10th anniversary, probably. So I don't know. I'm, I know we have some Cardiff listeners, uh, so I don't know what anybody, if anybody shops there has and how, how their mannequins are. Uh, there is an N59 bus. Uh, it goes Mill Hill, Golders, Green, Baker Street, uh, Hendon, West Hempstead, Oxford Circus. Uh, uh, this is like, uh, that might never be, uh, let me see if I can find what stops it makes. 59 bus route. Uh, it's, our stops at, uh, Telford Ave, uh, Christchurch, uh, Christchurch, uh, Homewood, uh, New Park, uh, Jeb Ave, uh, Blenheim Gardens, Rush Common, Lambeth, Brixton Station, Brixton Road, a lot of other stops, uh, Waterloo Bridge, uh, Waterloo Station. This one's good for a lot of, this might be good for touring. Uh, 
uh, Ouston Station, St. Pancras Station, King's Cross. So, so you could really hit it all. And take the N50. Next time you're in London, uh, take the N59. I think N just means the night, like the night schedule, but I'm not sure about that. I wrote down Whittle on the right, but it doesn't look like there's any. I must have been mistaken when I wrote that one. Uh, slap bang is the same as uh, smack dab. Uh, slap bang uh, is an informal British adverb, meaning suddenly, but uh, in a very sudden manner and usually uh, noisy. So I guess a smack dab is different directly or immediately. That would be smack dab. Uh, so uh, that makes sense. Uh, like, uh, but that's a good one. You could use uh, slap bang, uh, or smack dab, or, you know, you could, maybe you could just mix them all up like I do normally. Okay. This is a little bit about shadow proclamation. I'm sure we'll talk more, but this is from, uh, the TARDIS data core at, uh, T-A-R-D-I-S.Wikia.com. Uh, shadow proclamation was according to the 10th doctor in outer space police, uh, uh, like uh, about upholding galactic law, although their uh, broader dur- jurisdiction might have been to, to declare WAR across the universe uh, in response to the theft of uh, 27 planets. Uh, the doctor called miscreants to account for themselves according to its dictates. Uh, he would also sometimes uh, transfer people he encountered on uh, their travels over them. The shadow proclamation was situated on three asteroids linked together by bridges uh, from which they planned their moves. Uh, moves. And let's see, which one did we deal with? Uh, shadow, Convention 15. Uh, it dealt with the cessation, cessation of hostile actions uh, in order to parlay. And then beans on toast, you know, that's something us in America, I guess, are ignorant about. Uh, uh, this is from Serious Eats, uh, uh, British style beans on toast uh, by Sydney Oland. In uh, this article, I don't see a date on it, uh, but it's uh, dry navy beans, uh, vegetable oil, onions, garlic, brown sugar, molasses, Worcestershire sauce. Uh, so maybe I could get a date out of this. Uh, apple cider vinegar, tomato paste, bay leaves, uh, tomato puree. Uh, chicken broth and bread. Uh, so you make the beans uh, in in with all that stuff. You cook it about five hours uh, and then top the bread. So I think I will try to make this. I'm going to make it in my, um, uh, like I'll make it in a pressure cooker though maybe. But, uh, and uh, so I guess it could be something we could talk about with our English listeners, the beans on toast. It sounds like a, for a good breakfast. Uh, uh, be, a way to eat beans for breakfast. Uh, I don't know if it's a snack or lunch. I'm I'm not kidding. I guess I'm ignorant. Uh, but it sounds smooth uh, as it came up in this episode. Uh, so that's it. Uh, but, uh, good good night to the doctor. Good night to Rose, uh, Mickey. Good riddance for now. But I, I, you're you're very humorous uh, and a good dancer. So maybe we'll see you again. And, uh, you know, you know, rest well. Thanks.